Greetings from St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Fredericton. I'm Bob Jones, together with organist David Berry, and David and Leslie Fraser, and Stephen McKay, hoping to bring you in music and the spoken word the peace that surpasses understanding. A prayer for the day of Pentecost. Almighty and everlasting God, who fulfilled the promises of Easter by sending us your Holy Spirit and opening to every race and nation the way to life eternal, keep us in the unity of your Spirit that every tongue may tell of your glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now a word from the National Office of the Presbyterian Church in Canada. To you all from my home office, as all of PWSND staff have been working from home for the last couple of months. My name is Guy Smag, and I'm the Director of Presbyterian World Service and Development, the Development, Relief, and Refugee Sponsorship Agency of the Presbyterian Church in Canada. Thank you for letting me share with you how the church is responding to the international needs created by the COVID-19 pandemic. First, let me extend my thoughts and prayers to you who have been affected by COVID-19 through the loss of some loved ones or sickness of some loved ones, through the economic hardships and weakening of livelihoods, through multiple challenges brought on by isolation and also social distancing. I'm grateful for the support programs that the Government of Canada has put in place to mitigate the impact of COVID-19 in the lives of Canadians. And the Presbyterian Church's website offers a lot of information on how the National Church can support you and your church to find useful links to important programs. More than anything, though, today I'd like to share with you how the Church is reaching out internationally. 
citizens of many affected countries don't have access to government-funded programs because they simply don't exist. For many, the imposed lockdown forces them to choose between going hungry, facing the risks of getting sick, or being punished for breaking the rules. Since the beginning of this pandemic, PWSND has adjusted in various ways to meet emerging international needs. In the initial, in the initial phase, we worked with our partners to reallocate project funds from training activities that were no longer possible to activities aimed at better preparing them and their communities to the COVID-19 pandemic. As a member of the ACT Alliance, we contributed an initial $25,000 to a large $12 million appeal for the COVID-19 response. Our initial contribution went to a rapid response fund that is funding 14 emergency projects in 14 countries. And all these projects are led by locally based organizations and partners. For example, in Afghanistan, we're helping to provide personal protective equipment to health facilities and some cash transfers to vulnerable families. In, a, in Ghana, with our support, the Presbyterian Church of Ghana is providing food assistance to the most vulnerable, like the elderly, women, and children. They're also supporting three health centers with protective equipment and hygiene supplies. In Malawi, we are aiding with prevention and protective measures, water and sanitation promotion as well, and working with faith leaders to ensure that correct information is disseminated. Much more will be needed in the coming weeks and months. We hope to contribute much more, but this will depend on the funds that we are able to raise. So you can help us to do much more in res this response. These measures are going to make a real immediate difference in the lives of those that we serve. The World Food Program estimates that the number of people in critical need of food will likely double this year because of COVID-19, from 135 million people last year to 265 million this year. As a member of Canadian Food Grains Bank, PWSND will support food assistance projects with funds available and seek government matching funds of up to four to one for many projects. Did you know that $50 is enough to feed a family in crisis for a month in most of our program countries, like in Malawi or South Sudan, when that $50 gets then matched, it becomes $250, and that makes that much more of a difference. I encourage you to visit our website, weRespond.ca, for the latest updates, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're grateful for your generosity in helping all of these projects be possible. We're still accepting donations at, by check at our office or online through our website. And we can also help you to set up uh, for regular monthly donations, which are so necessary in these times of prolonged crisis. We hope to provide more updates like these to you. Let us know how we can help spread the news about our work and about the work the church is doing together. Be assured that PWSND is working hard at reaching out in these difficult times. And I leave you with my hope that you find peace in every day that is given to you. Thank you.
Come, Holy Ghost, our hearts inspire, enlightened with celestial fire. Thou the anointing spirit art, who dost thy sevenfold gifts impart. And now we hear the Pentecostal story from the book of the Acts of the Apostles together with some music. And so I give you David and Leslie Fraser. Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, reading from the NIV version. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Persia and Pamphylia, Egypt and other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word of the Lord.
God, give us a clear vision of the truth, faith in your power, and confident assurance of your love. Amen. We have some special days in the Christian year. I guess Christmas would be the most prominent. Just about everyone has some celebration of Christmas. And then there's Easter, Good Friday, and Ash Wednesday. And don't forget, of course, the day well known as Pancake Tuesday. And there there's, then there's Pentecost, perhaps the less known of all the special days. This is Pentecost Sunday. And to go back 75 years or so to my early days, the village in which I grew up, Pentecodiac, if you're keeping score, there were three churches, the Anglican, then called by just about everybody the Church of England, the United Church, then called by just about everybody the Methodist Church, and the Baptist. And it seemed to me, looking back, that the whole area was ruled by a Baptist conscience. In fact, when I wanted to give my favorite aunt a bottle of wine for her birthday, I happened to mention it to my Anglican minister friend, and he exclaimed, you don't want to be seen going into the liquor store. I'll get it for you. And on the outskirts of our village was a church known as the Pentecostal Church, famous for manifestations of the Spirit, unfamiliar to the rest of us. I remember my grandmother Jones had a maid who was of the Pentecostal faith. And as my grandmother related it, one night I heard all this hooting and hollering coming from the maid's room, so I went up to discover Catherine and a friend making all the fuss. Whereupon she exclaimed, oh, Mrs. Jones, we're under the power which prompted my grandmother, a staid Baptist, to advise Catherine to take her power elsewhere. Now it was only in later years that I learned the origins of this power of which she spoke, and that there was a special day called Pentecost Sunday, which celebrated a significant event in the history of the Christian Church called the Day of Pentecost. Grandmother's maid and friend were simply reenacting that event that first took place hundreds of years before. The account in the book of Acts, which mentions tongues of fire, which became a lasting symbol of that day, as Leslie Wilder explains in his book, The Great Days and Seasons, the tongues of fire are symbols of the love of God in action, action being the operative word. I used to belong to a youth group in Toronto in which the supreme compliment would be that you were on fire for the Lord. 
When I graduated from Mount Allison Academy in Sackville, the academy was for high school years with a one-year business course included. For me, my first year away from home, for me, I would say a mediocre year. And at the graduation, K.A. Parker, the principal, told my mother, he'll do okay, but he won't set the world on fire. Having just celebrated my 89th birthday this week, I don't know if I have enough time left to prove Mr. Parker wrong. Maybe my theme song should be from the 1940s, I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. The flame which would be appropriate in any church crest, representing the action of God, the action of God in our lives and in our church. I quote Leslie Wilder again, this is the day when we render special tribute to God, the Holy Spirit. For it was on this day, centuries ago, that the Holy Spirit touched the lives of those first apostles and transformed them. Transformed them from a group of frightened, bewildered individuals to a team of power conviction, and love. Now a prayer. Lord, give us the courage to keep going, knowing that it is not our strength alone that motivates us. And as we pay tribute to the flame of God's love, we pray that we may choose the fire of heaven to save us. Are we weak? and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care, we should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And as we continue with the prayer that Jesus taught, I share with you the sad news that Lois Eldridge's son-in-law, Len McFarlane, died yesterday. Rest eternal, grant to him, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon him. May his soul and the soul of all that he parted through the mercy of God rest in peace. And so with all your burdens and all your thanksgivings, we pray as Jesus taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And so, until next time, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Goodbye.